Hello and f- finally, welcome back to the Round the Outside podcast. Yes, your ears do not deceive you. I am back. I have returned after a lo- a pretty long break. Um, I've been um grind- grinding, doing so much. I've been doing so much work over the last month, or maybe I think two months or so. Um, last month. Um, and I want to say a massive thank you to all people who have sent me um, such kind messages on Spotify, on the Q&As, um, all the private messages. So thank you so much to you guys for supporting me. And yeah, I couldn't have done without you guys. So yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, um, I should probably get on with it because we've got a, a lot has changed in this month. A lot has changed indeed. Um, I want to keep this one a little bit shorter. I want to have um, so I want to get something out of the way first, and that is my ashes predictions. Why? Because I've not made them. I've I've now come back with about a day to go, and the first ball is tomorrow. So I haven't got a lot of time, that, have I? Um, so what I'm gonna do is that I'm gonna load up a questionnaire of ashes of ashes questions. Um, and I'm going to answer them and give you my predictions. So without further ado, let's get into it. So I'm going to predict both the men's ashes and the women's ashes. Um, doing a couple bit of predictions. So I've got the questionnaire up now. So let's do the question. Okay. Who's going to be the highest run scorer in the men's ashes? Uh, I'll do men's and then women's and I'll say why. In the men's ashes... Um, I, I, I mean, I've watched a lot of people make predictions. I said, oh, Joe Root's going to get it, Steve Smith, Martin Sabashane, you know, the, the obvious ones. Mine's kind of stupid, but i got a reason behind it. Um, and I've gone for Zach Crawley. <laughs> okay, let, let, let me explain myself. So, uh, the thing is with Zach Crawley is that, you know, he's not... I, I have a feeling that no one is going to expect him to do well, and I'll take so much pressure off him. And then he'll just be allowed to be playing freely, score, run a ball, and just be able to just get that currency of runs, which he's been so short of in recent, like recently. I mean, not by his standards, he's been he's been like pretty decent, but considering the players around him, he's not been as good. So I'm ba- I'm ba- I'm backing Zach Crawley to do well, especially because um, I th- I think that he'll. Like he'll considering he'll open the batting a lot more, and he will play every single test match. And considering that, I think Stark, Stark and Hazelwood, who are not, I don't think, in the last Ashes they didn't really trouble him as much. It was more, um, I think Pat Cummings and that and Cameron Green, the slightly fuller deliveries struggling. But I think if he if he gets a decent start, if he gets rolling against. If he gets like a decent start with um Stark and Hazelwood, with having the with the ball in their hands, then I have a feeling he can do pretty well. I just have that sort of thing that he'll do that he do do well. It's not like the women's ashes where it's like across the formats. I think Zach Crawley at the top of the order will probably benefit more than Ben Duckett because he's a right hander, and he's gonna play every single test match. Whereas I don't, th- I think England. 
I mean, the most all the batters will probably play every single test match, but I have a feeling at the top of the order he's going to face the most balls in the probably some of the, the most balls in the series, and I back him to get the most runs. In the women's Ashes, however, I'm going to go with oh, this is a tough one. I haven't thought these through, so like I haven't. I got to try and make them on the spot. So the women's Ashes, I'm going to go with across all three formats. I think I think that's of a brunt. I don't think England will win the Ashes, but I still think that across every all three formats, Nats of a brunt is the best player across both of those teams. I would have gone Meg Lanning, but she's not playing. Um, uh, otherwise, she would have probably wiped England away on her on her own. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think yeah, e- even though they probably won't win it. I, I don't think England will win it, but um, I'm I'm gonna go with Nat Silverbrand as my highest run scorer. Now for the leading wicket taker, um, that once again for the men's Ashes, I've gone with a little bit of a wily old fox out there. I've not gone for your James Anderson or your Stuart Broad, partly because I don't think Anderson will play every single Test match, or Stuart Broad will. I think Pat Cummings will struggle to adapt to. The attacking nature of the English bowlers, under the English batsmen, sorry, and how um, I think how they'll start to come back at him, and that he'll be pegged back because usually Pat Cummings benefits when, like, he's on the front foot from ball one, ball two, he's pushing the bat, he's push, he, he pushing the batsman back, and he's sort of trying to get an advantage over them. Um, I think he'll struggle with that because I think England will come out of the blocks from ball one. I don't think that Australia's new ball bowlers will do as well um, as everyone thinks he will. If he played every single test match, I would say Scott Boland, but I don't think he will because Hazelwood will be back. And speaking of Josh Hazelwood, that's who I'm going for. I said that um, Australia's new ball bowlers won't do well. However, Hazelwood... I think that will be mainly down to the swing, and Stark probably needs swing to perform. Hazelwood doesn't need swing, he's more accurate, and I think England will hit him for a couple of boundaries, but then he'll keep on persisting with that line, with that length, and being so accurate that he'll eventually, he'll eventually find a way to get them out. And also, Hazelwood's a lot like, um, he's a very, he's a, Pretty good is a very good problem solver. I think I saw in the last dashes, yeah, he didn't play it in that first test match. When he was taking wickets, he was always strong. He was always on the on the back foot because there was people scoring runs off him, and then he found a way. He found a way. He found a weakness and a line to bowl, and he bowled that line, and then he would get them out. So, I think that if Hazelwood persists with that, persists with that sort of perseverance and problem solving. I think he'll, I think he'll get, definitely get the most wickets. Right, next one. Uh, biggest surprise. Um, what counts as the biggest surprise? I mean, the obvious one is for me it would be Zach Crawley, but I can't really say that because I've already predicted him to do well. Um, biggest surprise. Um, Cameron Green will get more runs than Ben Stokes. I'm I'm putting it out there. Not wickets, because Ben Stokes probably won't bowl. And that's a pretty obvious one. I think Green will get a, a, a couple wickets here and there. 
But I think Green will get more runs than Ben Stokes. Why? Because Ben Stokes will keep getting out to um to silly attacking shots, and then he'll still be saying that um England are trying to attack the Australian, are trying to go at the Australian attack. But that will be covered by the fact that everyone else is batting well around him. And his, and his captaincy, I think, will be he'll be more focused on that rather than his batting and and batting and bowling. He'll be more focused on the captaincy. Um, as for Cam Green, he's not not he's not got captaincy to focus on. I I or I do think he will be an, a future Australian captain. He's not got fa- captaincy to work focus on now. I think he should he should get a a a decent ton of runs. He should get. I, I think he should get some some pretty important runs, especially in that middle order. Um, if Labuschagne and Smith don't deliver, he will be there to pick up the pieces along with Travis Head, who's also going to be very good. Okay. Next one. What will be the biggest letdown? What can you say is the biggest letdown? Like, this is like this Ashes series. I I feel like there's not gonna be a letdown. Um, biggest letdown. Oh, biggest letdown. Um, what what can be a biggest letdown in this series? Um. The biggest letdown. None. Okay, I f- I have a feeling I'll get this one wrong, but none of the game, none of the games will go to the final day. I've said it. I've said it. None of the games will go to the final day unless there's like a wet, like some sort of weather thing. Unless it's a weather affected test, none of the games will go to the final day. It will be wrong, but I have to put something out there. Because I genuinely feel like there can be no letdowns. Right. Most exciting ground. That basically means most exciting test match. Will be the best test match of those five. Okay, I've narrowed it down to two. Edgebaston, because it's the Sava series. And we love the Sava of an Ashes series. And the Oval, because I have a feeling that's going to be a good climax. Headingly, I'm going to a couple of days of the Headingly test. And I'm going to a day of the Lord's test. Um, not sure. I mean, Australia won't have great memories of heading me four years ago. Um, so that I, th- yeah, I imagine, imagine if like the same thing happens and like it's like a repeat of four years ago at Headingley. That'll be kind of funny. But I'm gonna say Edgebaston. I think it's got a good track record of producing good Ashes Test matches. And I think it's a, I think it's probably going to be the most exciting one, based on the fact that there's, you know, that's so, that's like it's the first test match of the series. Like it's everyone's going to be so hyped up for this test match for this um first test match and what is going to happen because whoever wins this first test match, for me, will win the Ashes because that that you can't really come back from one nil down in an Ashes series. It's it's kind of it's kind of impossible to come down from. Come back from one to down in a, in a different series, yeah. It's yeah, it's you can do that, but in an Ashes series, it's impossible. There's no chance, unless you're unless you're unless you're England in two thousand five. Then it's a different story, but uh, for me, like whoever wins that first that first test, not only will it be because of like I I mean it will be mainly down to momentum, but also because. 
of the fact that 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 will give a, a clearer insight as to what will happen and and it will give a massive confidence boost. I feel like Australia are confident, but if they do win that first test, they'll be even more confident and they'll be saying, oh, we were so much com- more confident all, all along. But I, they, in reality, they've been sort of hiding it and trying to keep like a quiet, like just like a like a quiet perspective, and just let England do the talking and talk themselves into this real sense of optimism, like we did in the last Ashes series. So, what was my point? Um, that's why I think Ice Bastion will be fun because it's such a true, it's such a crucial test match. After that first day, we'll have a much clearer perspective as to. How the series will carry out. Right, okay, final question. What will the score be? Um Oh I I've I've I, I, I've tried to answer this question so many times and I've not got an answer. There's like so many ways I I think about it. Like the most obvious one is a three is a three two win. Because I don't think in because I don't think that I don't. I think it'll be an outcome where there's not a single draw. I I don't think I, I don't, even with weather or without even with the weather. I think, in, I think Ben Stokes was just they've already ingrained that mindset of that, of like oh we're not we we don't want to play to, for a draw. We want to play for a win, and we're gonna we're gonna risk losing to win, even in a drawing situation because we cannot afford, to draw a game and then now just, make us look bad and just put on a bad look for the game. So I I have a feeling that there's not going to be a single draw in this series. Um, par me says three. I I think the be- the most likely outcome for me is three two, and it comes down to the oval. I I just feel like it will be so close. I I don't think. I do, I don't think that it will be a drawn series. I mean, it can't be a drawn series because there no there won't be a single draw, but. I just feel like if whoever wins that first test, they could win like four one, because it, it's it's. I just have that feeling because they'll have so much momentum, um, like like we saw in the last like the last Ashes series, everyone like like it was so we were, everyone was so optimistic. It was like a two, everything. Oh, maybe two two draw. England could actually win this if we win the first test. We lost the first test and then we lost four nil. So it, it's so important to win that first test for me. Um, and speaking of the first test, we got the lineups out uh, for both squads. Both squads yesterday, Australia were changed. Had made one change. Hazelwood was back in their squad, and England made a couple changes um, from the Ireland test, taking out Josh Tung and opting for Anderson, Broad, and Robinson as, as their as their pace attack, and Moan Ali as their spinner. Now I I I heard a lot of people saying that oh Moen was the best option for England. Moen was a great option for England. I disagree. I was listening. I was listening to um, Jeffrey Boycott the other day. He, he was talking he was talking about um, this was after the seventeen eighteen Ashes series in Australia, and that series, he was talking like in that series he was talking about Moen Ali and I think Graham Swan was talking about it as well. Moen Mo we figured out that Moen Ali was a batsman who bowled a bit. And there was no way he could be England for England's first choice spinner. He still continued to be. He could take wickets, but they needed an actual like out and out spinner. Moen had to be the all rounder instead, 
Um, and they did, and on they didn't change that. England didn't change that. He's continued to be the lone spinner for quite a bit of time. I think they brought Rashid in a little bit, but he didn't play amazingly in uh, as a task as a task cricketer. But my point is, is that I don't think Moen is I don't think Moen is good is um good enough to be our lone spinner. I would have taken Rahan Ahmad. I, I mean, Rahan Ahmad is quite similar. As in, he's also a batsman who bowls a bit. Um, Mason Crane was one of the names suggested after that 17-18 Ashes tour. But in reality, Leach was our only good spinner. Le- Leach is literally our only good out-and-out, like, actual, like, bowler. Like, 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 an act, like a genuine spinner. We don't really have any other master spinners in the UK, in um, England. I mean, most of them are for our good foreign spinners. We we can play spin well. We get good spinners from around the world who play who, so we can play spin very well. But we don't have actual like deep like really good spinners. So uh, my my thought was that okay, yeah, Liam Dawson would have been a good idea. <laughs> you could just play. You could just play. Um. But I mean, I honestly thought for a second you could just clone Leach and then just play him because that that's the that's the that's the situation we have. Livingston, I think, was thrown around a little bit, but it was more it was more I think um, similar to Moeen. And uh, I I I also heard a lot of people saying, "Oh yeah, just play four seamers and have Joe Root as your spinner." That was also another option, but it wouldn't have ended well because. Moen isn't that good, like, my point is that Moen isn't good enough to be that, like, lone spinner. I, I think he will struggle, especially with Nathan Lyon. I think he'll struggle with the bat. I don't think he'll be as destructive as a lot of people think he will. I, I think he'll struggle. So, I, 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 have a few, I, I, I don't understand why England have gone back to the past and said this might work, because in reality, we're just bringing in another batter. This is basically, we've basically gone, okay... Let's bring in another batter. That's what. That's literally what we've done. Um, I think I the rest I agree with though. I mean, it was harsh on to, harsh to drop folks after what he'd done in at the start of the basketball era. But I feel like it was right because Brock had been so, um, so like like he'd been brilliant. Um, but and to take, give best of the gloves, I think that was, um, yeah, it was. I think it was probably the most log- logical decision. Um. The other option was to probably take Crawley out the side, but then the problem is there. Who opens? Like who? Who would open? You wouldn't probably put Folks as an opener, uh, or probably Bester as an opener. I I wouldn't have opened with Bester, um, but uh, yeah, I think it was the right idea. And also, I think Crawley's not been that bad. I think he. We just need to give him a bit more of a chance, and let and let him and stop putting so much pressure on him to do well, and just let him play with a little bit more freedom. Um, which he's done. He did a, He did that against Ireland. Hopefully, as I've predicted, he can do it against Australia. Um, speaking of Australia, they come to this game as um, world champions um, in the test format. That is, and they look in in looking having their best chance in quite a few years to win the win that win a series in England for the first time since two thousand and one. So twenty two years. Um, for some time, and they got and they were world champions because they beat India in a lo- in um in the World Test Championship final. 
Um, so one of the questions I found, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna um go into depth in my um po- uh, podcast tomorrow after uh, tomorrow about this. I just want to get one out to using my actual predictions. I'm gonna be talking about India and how they how um cricket has changed and how they've not won a, t- a title for ten years. Um, but I think I'll I'll, I'll, I'll let, let me go to Australia. Australia are gonna be coming out of the box and they're they're gonna say we're world champions. We're gonna beat you. That's what we're interested in, and I think England should be ready for that. I think I think like the the one thing that's really annoying me in the lead up to this series is that the English press have underestimated Australia, underestimated Australia so much. They, they they've they've not given them a prayer about winning. It's it's just saying, oh, we changed so much. We're gonna win this. We're gonna win. We're gonna win the Ashes. I don't think that. I I think. I don't think it's like that. I think Australia, what it will be is that we've improved a lot. We're on our home turf. This is going to be a very, very close series, which I think it will be. In terms of how it will play out, I've really not like got, I've really not thought about it, but I think that I think that England might win. I think England will win at Edgebaston. I think um, they'll win at Lords. I think then Australia will win at Headingley as like a redemption and they'll win at Old Trafford and I think England will win the Ashes 3-2. But I'm not I'm not I'm not making any predictions, okay? That's why I'm thinking it's definitely going to be 3-2 though. That's what I'm thinking. I don't think it'll be there'll be it'll be like f- um 4-1 or something or heavily dominated by one team or 5-0 for that matter or there'll be any draws. So I think it'll be a very close series, 3-2 on the dot. Let's see this happening. It starts tomorrow, um, uh, at um eleven o'clock in the UK. Hopefully, you can figure out all the other times. I cannot wait. It's one of the most anticipated Ashes series in a long, long time. Um. Anyway, thank you guys so much, uh, for listening to this podcast. Um, and I hope you guys are excited for the Ashes as I am. Comment in the Spotify Q and A. Who do you think will win the Ashes? What the scoreline will be, and what your little, what your predictions are. But anyway, anyway, bye for now.